You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. We live. We live. <laughs> This is Locked On Hornets, your daily podcast on the Charlotte Hornets and the NBA. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team. Every day, search your podcast app for Locked On to get podcasts on the NBA, the NFL, and fantasy sports. I'm Doug Branson, joined uh, to my right by the illustrious Steve Bob Forrest from AtTheHive.com. AKA Queen Thank City you for Cobra. watching. Thank you, most AKA, importantly, for being patient. On? I don't know. And getting to that second. Can you guys intro. hear me? I can't hear myself. I can't hear you. Um, the, the Rockets I were patient last Doug's night. Doug's microphone, but we probably won't. They stayed that, with right? it. Yeah. Stayed in the game. Yeah, we wanted. We want to do uh, better. They won. Uh, right, we'll get this fixed. Uh, David, uh, we've got David from uh, the Mean Streets of Cotswold. David, oh, let's no. go. No. What's up, man? No. Between me and what Steve up? Bob, double M fifteen. What up, Nest? What's going on? You didn't hear chat. We you know what I was thinking about? Um, Eric's going to be on. Whenever and, I and think, we can, think about we can your get name, which I do often, I always think about Varsity Blues. I think we could go ahead and start. And like one of my ready, favorite David? themes or scenes in that is when he's, he calls uh, Billy Bob William oh, Robert. Looks like we got uh, Steve. Oh. So I didn't know if anyone ever called you Stephen Robert. Yeah, that's my that's my full name, actually. Stephen that makes Ro- sense. That makes Robert Forrest. But the intro I was going to give myself, man, this came to me in a dream. AK, everybody knows me. I'm the Queen City Cobra. I mean, everybody calls me that. Locked on, locked Donovich. It's my new AKA. <laughs> Going with today. And boy, it wasn't worth all that buildup. But I'm glad to have a microphone. I'm glad to be here with with you guys. I'm glad to see David in the frame warehouse frame. Yeah, we week. got the yeah we got the ad up on the YouTube uh, YouTube.com forward slash Locked On Hornets. If you've never uh, tuned in live at eight o'clock in the morning, join us then. Uh, frame Warehouse, proud sponsors of this uh, podcast. Also, uh, this podcast is brought to you by our friends at SeatGeek. Use our promo code LONBA to get twenty dollars off. Your uh, first SeatGeek purchase. Basketball is back. We had two games last night on the national slate. What did we see? Well, uh, what did we? What did we see? What did we not want to see? Oh my god! From that first oh. game, Celtics Cavaliers. My goodness, that that injury to Gordon Hayward, the broken, uh, the fractured ankle, the broken tibia. Uh, dislocated, the, dislocated too. Don't forget ooh, that. My oh God. my gosh! It was when I heard, I saw. I didn't even see it live. I heard it live, and then I looked cool. up, and then I saw, or I heard Kevin Harlan saying, "He broke his leg. He broke his leg." I, yeah, yeah. Go ahead, Stephen well, Robert. I was. <laughs> thank you, thank you, sir. I, I was going to say, uh, yeah. I mean, I, I saw seeing it live. It looked like he landed straight on his tailbone, and I was like, "Oh, that." That stings. Yeah, that That's going to hurt. And then, so like, it didn't even look like the cameraman knew because it just panned over to him. And you're like, oh, yeah, that his foot is is, ba- is backwards. His shoe is off, right? They like, stayed on like that. His shoe. No, that's yeah, what it looked like. Yeah, his shoe is on. <laughs> no, I know, I know. <laughs> yeah, Katie said, where is his foot? Yeah. And I said, that his foot is in his shoe. It looks like, like an Ichabod crane type. It was like a guy holding his head like... Like a basketball next to his uh, waist, so you're just like that's not where that it's goes. It's terribly unfortunate for Gordon Hayward, who was, you know, looking forward to his opportunity in Boston, and and certainly Boston was looking forward to the opportunity of having Gordon Hayward and his skill set. So, 
Just have to see where where that lands. Definitely, I mean, it's it's going to maybe shake some things up in this Eastern Conference race if he's not able to return for the entire season. So, um, you know, first maybe first night. That's 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 I mean, really first good. five minutes. The real story though are these Nike jerseys falling apart, David. This you got to get your boys over at Nike figure this thing out. Do I have the picture of it? Yeah, here's the. Here's the side by side. So the the one on the right is Tyler Ennis in the in the preseason, the jersey <laughs> getting ripped. That's preseason though. Okay, well this is game one of the regular season, oh, okay. and you had King okay, yeah. James g- ripping his jersey. It's are going- we sure? Are we sure LeBron didn't you know give it a little like starter cut before <laughs> you think the game? He, though he went the Hulkamaniac on it. And he's like, oh, <laughs> that, it, it must be my muscles. They're too large. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's a yeah, bad that, look for the that's NBA. Not a good look. Knife that's not one. a good look. I gotta figure some. Uh, one of the guys on the inside the NBA was like, "Well, they're new jerseys. They rip. That they're more prone right. ripping. That's not a that's thing. Right. Yeah, are they and just rolling out the prototypes not, there. You I mean, don't. You don't. They don't get worn in. No, they. They're just not supposed to rip. Well, they'll work out the kinks somewhere <laughs> midway through the season. They'll work it out. What I do you feel think? Like they though? have the technology. Yeah, it do, I mean, it doesn't look like they're. It looks like if you just. A good yank on the back of it will just pop that thing right open. I I don't know, David. Is that worth? I feel $300? like I feel like the the one thing you know, the, Nike it. came out with all of this technology and ergonomics, but like the one thing that a jersey has to do is remain on and intact. Mm. <laughs> if it can't, that's its that's its foundational function. So maybe let's let's work. Let's go back and and figure that out. I think. Yeah, if the name starts falling off just right off the back, that would well, be bad. That, that, that was an Adidas thing. Remember that when all the, the names and like some of the, uh, the stitching fell off the jerseys <laughs> a couple years ago? Do you guys remember that? I don't remember that. Yeah, don't. I'll, find a funny, I'll find a funny picture of it and send it out so we can all laugh. So I do I, love funny pics, though. I, I mentioned that I didn't, I didn't watch or I didn't uh, finish this uh, Houston Rockets-Golden uh, State Warriors game. It's because of this play right here. This play literally put me to sleep. Um, I know you can't see it. It's the Draymond, the like full court pass to Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant goes to Clay in the corner, and Clay immediately shoots it. Mm-hmm. Immediately splash down. And I didn't even care who won the game at that point. I'm like, I can't. This is too. I'll tell you. I'll tell you who won the game. It was fake Clay Thompson. Did you guys see this yes. guy? Yes. Oh this. my God. Uh, Where see, is this person? Let's see. There it is. And this. it's so great coming off of uh, like. Clay Summer was ch- yeah. China Clay. So I it's hate, just like, I like, hate. It does look like a knockoff version that you'd find at a dollar store. I hate what I'm about to do, but I have to do it. This is a public service. This is a YouTuber. He's he's someone that does he's done videos as fake Clay Thompson before. Uh-huh. uh-huh. And and this is nothing is real. Like if you see something odd on the internet, it's 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 staged, it's fake. Nothing matters. Nothing is real. Well, what do you I mean? Hate, I, hate, you mean? I, hate, I hate the internet because this You're is not a, like this. This should have been a fun thing. This should have been like, oh my actually, god, this like weird, wanted, this weird dude. You wanted actually to be a fake clone. Yes. You wanted to actually be a clone. What? No, yeah. no, no, not an actual clone. No, I just, I uh, just like the idea that somebody would do something that weird. And as Double M Fifteen says, he is. Yeah, he's a YouTube guy. And I, I just, I, nothing. Everything has to be a thing, a funny video. Can, can I ask you, oh have you guys seen the, what's bug and Doug? Have you guys seen what's <laughs> and, and new, segment. By, new segment? What's bug and Doug? These followed by Steve's God peeves, dang YouTube stars. What? Um, I was saying followed by Steve's right. peeves. We got oh, Steve's peeves. And, I got it. Um, have you guys seen the prestige? 
the movie. Yes. Uh, yes. Is yes. this not a prestige scenario right here? Mm-hmm. We got, you're like, which one's, it has, did Clay really score 60 points? In two minutes. This, this, uh, what's that movie where they start to get signals over the radio? Is that what this Signs? is? <laughs> is that it? Well, it's, we got a hot mic over there. <laughs> hot mic, Dude. hot mic. Um, I would say this guy, though, more than a YouTube star, is uh, he's, I had put him more in the dangerous stalker category. <laughs> no, he is right behind the bench. And he was popping up. Well, because that's where the cameras are. You got to be in front of the camera. I think somebody put him there. I think a fan. Like, there's no way fake Clay can afford tickets behind the bench. Okay, we've got a special guest coming up. Eric Collins from Fox Sports Southeast, play-by-play analyst for the Charlotte Hornets. And uh, But before we get to that, let's talk about SeatGeek. I have the SeatGeek app on my phone, and it's by far the easiest way that I've found to shop for tickets. I can be anywhere, and with just a few taps on my phone, I can instantly find the seats to the sports and concerts that I want to go to. SeatGeek saves you time and money by searching multiple ticket sites to compare prices and find amazing deals. They do all the work. And to get the most bang for your buck, SeatGeek grades every ticket based on value to help you immediately identify the best seats that fit your budget. Plus, every purchase is fully guaranteed. You don't have to worry with SeatGeek. You can shop for tickets on SeatGeek with confidence. Make SeatGeek your go-to app for finding the best deals on every type of ticket, from sports and concerts to comedy and theater. And our listeners get $20 off their first SeatGeek purchase. Just download the SeatGeek app and enter promo code LONBA. That's promo code LONBA for $20 off your first uh, SeatGeek purchase. Okay, time. Wait, yeah. wait, 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 wait. What? Houston won that game? They did. I. <laughs> you buried that lead, man. Everybody went well, to sleep at halftime, and you're like, oh, the first three minutes. They, I cannot believe that. Well, listen, they lost by, what, 20 in the first game last year, Golden State did, so they only lost by one. So I, I guess and I didn't watch the rest of that season They're either, probably going to go 81-1. and one. <laughs> um, No, but, you know, when you run a high-octane offense like Golden State does, you're not going to be ready game one, especially with the shortened preseason. Like the Hornets— they looked pretty ready the first quarter. You know who well, looks first ready? Quarter, exactly. Swaggy, <laughs> swaggy six. Swaggy oh, yeah. uh, six man. 20. See, this is what happened. I'm looking at the box score now. I went to sleep. He was eight of nine field goals. That was in the first half. And then nothing. No more swaggy. That's why they lost the game. Sit down, Durant. That's your that's your expert analysis. Well, yeah, I didn't see the second <laughs> half, so I'm I can call it. I didn't even know they lost the game. Okay, let's go to hey, our one sp- last. Hey, yeah. well, uh, please, sorry, please. One last, thing, one last one last thing about this Golden State game. This is locked on Warriors. After all, uh, <laughs> Steve Bob, I, yes. I saw your tweet about about all the owners coming out and not only taking the first dibs of the rings, but then having to touch everyone else's ring after yeah. that. Yeah. It, what up with that, man? It's it's weird. Hey, listen, what let me ask. That? Let me ask you. Let me throw this back at you, David. Would okay? Would you when the moments when the moments were hoisting right. the trophy? What, were you like, oh, let's find won. the guy who bought the jerseys? No, because that was probably you guys. But listen, yeah, it, it doesn't matter. <laughs> no, it's a weird thing, man. I I just don't. If it's Mark Cuban or something, and you're like, oh, this guy. First of all, I don't think Mark Cuban would do that. He'd be like, give it up. Dirk won it. Give it to my boy JT over there. Not Timberlake. J- they should do it like like the Emmy or like the Emmys or the Oscars where they do the technical awards behind the scenes. Like, give those guys the rings. There's no fan that's like, cur- whoa, whoa, whoa. Where's Joe Lacob? Hold on. <laughs> How son. are you going to give KD a ring? Yeah. Where's, where's, where's Little Lacob? Except Lacob? Joe Lacob. 
Yeah. No, I, I mean, that's the thing. Like, uh, yeah, it's, it's a whole different level of, uh, I don't know. It's you're dealing with billionaires and millionaires. So it's, it is just weird that I've always thought that was weird, whether it's like announcers or owners, or, I mean, if I owned an NBA team, I guess I'd know. I, I, I just, I can't say it, it gives it a weird vibe where it's like, Oh yeah, this guy, these guys allowed the players to get on the court and win them a ring. But we all know who it was for. It was for the guys in the front office. It's like no one cares, Doug. No one cares. No one cares, no one cares about fake clash. Like everyone everyone cares. loves fake Everyone, everyone loves, loves it. Everyone cares. Dog. No one should care. <laughs> this is a the YouTube stunt. This is a I prank. see what you're saying now. You got pranked. Now I'm against it. You turned me. Good. It's not it real. It's not real. Okay. What real, is real man. is our next guest is our next guest. He's prepping in Detroit right now for the Hornets to open things up against the Pistons. He's the Sultan of how do you do the headmaster of hum diddly D he's got the vocal cord strength of Paul Bunyan and the lyrical touch of a masseuse. He's Eric Collins. And we open up by talking about how he spent his off season. Uh, I, I like to grind. I'm a big believer in kind of holding the microphone and kind of keeping everything fresh. So I did uh, a little bit of major league baseball for Fox um, I did actually a lot of women's fast pitch softball for ESPN in the spring, nice. which is what I love. I'm passionate about that. And I did some college football for FS1 over the last couple of weeks. So that was good. All right. Now be honest with me. How excited were you on draft night at the possibility of making a big play call with a guy named Dwayne Bacon? <laughs> well, I was already salivating over the fact that we can now, every time there's a corner three for Malik Monk, he makes it from Monk's corner. Oh, so yeah, you're already you're already oh. locked and loaded, and I love it. <laughs> yeah, you got. Yeah, this is a. Yeah, go ahead. We got some beauties this year. We definitely got some beauties this year, so I'm very happy. Yeah, Malik Monk has all kinds of big playability at Kentucky, and and Dwight Howard, he's been getting huge lob dunk opportunities from everyone. I'm I, honestly, I'm praying for your vocal cords, Eric. It's going to be an exciting season. Well, you got to remember, Doug. Last year, you know, the Hornets didn't have one buzzer beating win. A year ago, and very rarely did they have buzzer beaters against them. I know Randy Foy in Brooklyn, um, but for the most part, the games were kind of decided, and it was kind of a weird year. Uh, we were dead last in the league in dunks. Obviously, you don't block a lot of shots. So I think a lot of these things have been rectified this year. I think that, uh, if, if anything, it's going to be a more exciting team. You're going to have Dwight Howard. In my world, he's going to average four dunks a year, or four dunks a game. Uh, you got Malik Monk making crazy shots, beating shot clock buzzers, maybe game-winning buzzers. Um, I think we're due this year to have a little bit more of an uptick in terms of exciting things happening on a day-to-day basis. So they will be more interesting to watch. There's a question about who will be able to watch with all of these injuries. But apart from that storyline, what are the biggest Hornets narratives, the stories that you're going to be tracking uh, this season? Uh, Holding the fort without Nick uh, the first six weeks, I think, you know, Nick is one of those guys. Yeah, he didn't shoot particularly well last year, Nick Batum. Um, but just the fact that he's on the floor, he initiates so much offense. Um, he's so pivotal in everything that the Hornets do, both ends of the floor, just staying afloat. Because the first six months or six weeks of the season, pretty tough. If you break down that schedule, there's really not a, that much of a break. There's a whole bunch of Western Conference team. There's a whole bunch of West or, uh, road trips. Um, so staying afloat for a while. I'm interested in seeing what Kemba can do back to back. Yeah, I think he's reached his, his his zenith. If he can get better, great. But I can't imagine Kemba doing much better than being 24 points a game, uh, being healthy for 79, 
you know, that was a, he's turned into a real superstar. And it's a great thing. So can he take it an extra step? I don't possibly see a way. But if he does, wouldn't that be great? Well, um, and, and those, another, two, those two things might be interconnected, Eric. The fact that he will have to maybe step up and do some different things without Nick Batum, it could give him a window, a possibility of maybe adding some assists to his numbers or something that, that could get him into that all-NBA talk. Yeah, you know, what's the difference between Kemba and Isaiah Thomas from last year? Well, Isaiah Thomas averaged about four points more. Um, the assist totals are similar, but Isaiah Thomas made big shots and was known as Mr. Fourth Quarter. And wouldn't that be something if this was the year that Kemba took ownership of that and was able to will the Hornets to a couple of wins just himself of what he was able to do in the final quarter? Well, they've obviously, they have to get healthy, but if they do survive that initial stretch without Nick Batum at around 500 and they don't take another big injury, where does your gut tell you that they could finish in this Eastern Conference race? Uh, Well, the number that I think win total, which I think is legitimately possible, is I think 48. Mm -hmm. We saw 48 a couple of years ago when the Hornets made the playoffs and they had that four-way tie for third place. Um, I I could see that happening again. I think 48 is realistic. Um, What we saw each of the last two years, the last two years that I've been around, is things get a little bit weird in March and in April. That's kind of when teams decide they want to keep playing or teams decide that there's not much hope. Uh, Hornets took advantage of that two years ago. They went on a great winning streak, and they got hot at the end of the year and just cruised into the playoffs with those 48 wins. Last year, injuries took their toll, uh, tough stretch of games, and they didn't finish off the way that they would have liked. So I think weathering a storm without Nick, uh, getting to January relatively healthy and fresh and then finishing with a nice kick. And I think that that's when 50 wins is possibly attainable. So I think that that's kind of the high water market. I think people in the organization would be thrilled with 48 to 50 wins. I think it's a possibility, uh, particularly in the Eastern Conference, the way that things are shaking down right now. I can't really slot them who they're going to finish ahead of or behind. But I think if they do their own business, I think that 48 wins is real. What team outside of the Charlotte Hornets are you interested most in in watching develop and talking about this season, Eastern Conference or Western Conference? Uh, Well, an obvious team is the Cavaliers, just with all of their crazy changes and the superstars that they have with Derrick Rose and Dwayne Wade being added to the mix. I think that's going to be fascinating. Uh, I think that LeBron James is angry. Um, I think he is took a bit of a slap with his ego with the way that Kyrie Irving said he didn't want to play with him. I think that's going to be fascinating to watch. Um, I'm actually really interested in the Washington Wizards. Uh, I think that they have passed the Toronto Raptors in terms of an up-and-coming team. I really love John Wall and Bradley Beal as a pair. Um, I'd be interested to see if they can take an extra step in a watered-down Eastern Conference. Can they get to 60 wins? Uh, I'm interested in watching the Boston Celtics, but it's more of kind of uh, from a, a naysayer's perspective. Uh, I, I I think Kyrie Irving is arguably in the top five in terms of most talented players in the NBA. I love watching him go to work. But before LeBron came to Cleveland, obviously a very weakened team. He didn't win a whole bunch of games. Uh, last couple of years when LeBron James did not play for Cleveland, he did not perform well in terms of advanced stats and actually just putting up wins over losses. Uh, I'm interested to see what Boston can do. They changed everything around, and I'm not a thousand percent convinced that they changed things for the better. 
Well, they're the interesting team, right? Because all of these Eastern Conference teams trying to figure out a strategy uh, towards dealing with Cleveland, and you have Milwaukee, uh, Washington, Toronto, the Hornets, and, and the Pistons all taking this strategy of keeping a core of players together and trying to improve around the margins. And, and Boston you know, got that first seed, got a taste of, of that possibility, and they said, all right, let's change everything. <laughs> so it, it, it'll be see, it'll be interesting to see whose whose bet uh, ends up uh, paying off. But let's talk about the regular season opener uh, tonight. Uh, Detroit, a team the Hornets got a little bit of a look at in the preseason. Uh, like the Hornets, they'll be looking to get back into playoff contention after a disappointing sixteen seventeen campaign. What kind of adjustments did you see Detroit making in the off season, and, and how do you think that's going to affect what happens on Wednesday night? Well, I think they're just praying that they can get the Andre Drummond back that they had a couple of years ago. He yeah. seemed somewhat disinterested. Um, I'm not an expert on this, but it does seem as if he shied away from his game, which is basically bully ball. Uh, I think that going to the free throw line and missing and that spectacle, I think it's possible. I'm not a psychiatrist, but I think that that's possible that that may have influenced his style of play. Uh, Stan Van Gundy, he's got a stud if he can get him going in the right direction. Um, so that, I think that was a big uh, point of emphasis for them in the offseason. I think they need to figure out what they have with Stanley Johnson. Stanley Johnson has one of the best bodies in the league. The guy is 6'7", 250. He's got muscles on top of muscles. He's got a, a, a decent amount of skill. Uh, he's a first-round pick a couple of years ago. They need to know what they have with him because he's a guy on the wing who could give them something that they really don't have in terms of dynamic play. Uh, they need to get Reggie Jackson back to being the point guard that was a winning point guard they had a couple of years ago. Uh, he was banged up quite a bit last year. They need him healthy and going in the same direction with Stan Van Gundy and, and Andre Drummond. But I think they have pieces, uh, and they've been together long enough where I think that this is a season where they've either got to put up or shut up. A lot of interesting individual matchups. You mentioned Andre Drummond. He'll be going uh, toe-to-toe with Dwight Howard, two, uh, two very physical, very strong players um, which one of these matchups are you trying to... It's tough because both teams are trying to figure out what starting lineup they're going to throw out on game one, but uh, what individual matchups have you started to look at and go, ooh, this, this one could be interesting? Well, I think you hit it. I, I'm, I'm so excited about Dwight Howard. I think that this was the gift that just fell into the Hornets' lap. Obviously, it didn't. Rich Show does brilliant work. He knows what he's doing. But I don't think that anyone at the end of last season would have thought that an eight-time All-Star, still only 32 years of age, would be available. And I know that it's not you know 2007 anymore, and the style of play that Dwight Howard is most efficient at is not necessarily in vogue. But there's always a place for a guy who changes a game on the inside uh, on both ends of the floor. I'm interested in seeing what he's got immediately. Uh, he'll be challenged by a guy who is his physical peer. Uh, I'll be curious to know how we can deal with the guy who's 10 years younger. I think we're going to find out really early in this season uh, what Dwight Howard has still left going for him. So I think that's going to be a, such a huge talking point the entire season. I'm happy that we're going to get a chance to see it so early. Uh, another uh, thing I was looking forward to today is there, to, to the game is Jeremy Lamb. Where is he going to be yeah. at? So I'm hoping he's healthy enough to kind of give it a go from the limited – Bits I saw of him in the preseason and in practice, his body does look different. Um, it does seem as if he is ready to go. You know, I could see this guy, the, the coaching staff, the frustration in years past, was he would be so good for a while, 
and then maybe he'd forget an assignment or maybe he wouldn't be where he was supposed to be. But the coaching staff just could not stop raving about him whenever asked. So I, I'm very curious to see what Jeremy Lamb is going to do this year. It's it's time for him to, to figure out who he is in the NBA. Yeah, Lamb so aggressive in those first couple of preseason games. And, and he said that groin injury slowed him down a lot. He wasn't able to run. So you wonder, you know, if, if he isn't 100%, if he still gives it a go, how that could uh, affect his ability to attack. Hey, speaking of, uh, we, we talked about roster changes. Uh, your Fox Sports team has some changes on the way. You've got a new pregame show. You're adding Matt Carroll to the mix. What's on tap? Uh, what can folks expect from the Fox Sports team this, uh, this season? Yeah, I'm really excited to have Matt in the mix. I've developed a, a bit of a relationship with him uh, just because he's been around doing a lot of uh, the radio stuff with Steve Martin. Um, but now he's going to give us um, a lot of help doing pregame stuff and postgame stuff, which I think is is going to be really neat. Uh, Matt's going to be part of the pregame show and the postgame show at home. And we're going to kind of be a work in progress. And it's going to be a little bit uh, kind of like an amoeba. Sometimes he'll be with us um, for post or for road games as well. Um, Dell and I are still going to be sitting next to each other and Stephanie is going to be a uh, courtside analyst. So she's kind of going to be one of the things that we were trying to work on is getting better coverage throughout the course of the arena and being set up uh, when different things develop. And so Stephanie has graciously decided to try a different vantage point, which I think is going to be a real great um, selling point for the season. All right, Eric Collins, play-by-play announcer for the Charlotte Hornets and Fox Sports Southeast. Uh, Eric, we're looking forward. I don't want to spoil any bacon calls, honestly. I want to be surprised. So we're, we're looking forward to, to the bacon, to the monk, to Dwight Howard. We're looking forward to it all. Thank you so much for joining us, and we'll talk to you throughout the season. Now, guys, I leave you. If, you want a guy, if anyone listening wants to sound really smart with their friends, if Dwayne Bacon does start, he will be the first – uh, NBA player in Charlotte history, either a Hornet or a Bobcat, to start a season opener coming into the league as a second round pick in their rookie season. Boom. Leaving there us you go. leaving us with the jewel. That's why you're the man, Eric. We appreciate it, buddy. We'll talk to you soon. Anytime. Thank you. And I, I have a feeling, guys, that if Dwayne Bacon does indeed get the start for this game, there are going to be a lot of confused Charlotte Hornets fans who don't necessarily listen to this show, didn't pay close attention to the preseason and go, wait a minute, Dwayne Bacon starting, but Malik Monk is on the bench. What gives? Mm-hmm. That's going to be, that's going to be a thing. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. And yeah. And, and, but it makes sense. Obviously we've talked about it. You want to keep Monk with that second unit and uh, Bacon has played well. I mean, for his part, right? Like he could have gotten the start into the preseason and, and not performed, not delivered, but to his credit and I'm sure to the delight of the Hornets, he's looked uh, good enough to to hold him to that starting spot, which I expect him to see him out there. At least I'm kind of hoping for that one. Is there anything in there, do you guys think, in your opinion, is there any like head games with Cliff there? Head like, games? Yeah. Uh, no, but like, I mean, where he's like, if you put Monk, because we know what we know about Monk's personality and how he's like a bit of a hot shot. Is he kind of like, let's bring this rook along a little bit slower? I don't think so. Cool. All right. There you go, guys. I mean, it's just, I, I, don't, I don't think there's anything going on like that. I honestly think it's, that they, would be they, weird. they have a role for Malik Monk this season and they, they want him coming off the bench. They want, they need depth. They right. need scoring on the bench. Uh, so, and they need big plays off the bench too. And, and they, they know that Malik Monk can give them that. Uh, you can watch Eric on the call tonight on Fox Sports Southeast. Coverage begins at 6.30 p.m. with Hornets Live, which will feature a roundtable <laughs> discussion with 
analyst Del Curry and Fox Sports colleagues Brevin Knight, former Bobcats point guard, current Memphis Grizzlies analyst, and Dominique Wilkins, Atlanta Hawks analyst. They'll discuss current storylines and preview the upcoming 2017 18 season so we're not we're not sure on the starting lineup Kimba Marvin and Howard are locked in does Clifford go with Bacon Kaminsky does he go with Lamb Kaminsky or Bacon Lamb those are some great dishes right there mm, I'll have the Bacon Kaminsky no wait mm. the Lamb Kaminsky mm. uh, well who do you, who, so did David you want bacon in there so do you want the bacon lamb combo there <laughs> the med the med combo yeah, that's the one I was looking for yesterday. I think it gives them a little more athleticism up front, but I could see why they would go with Frank with Lamb being out so much. I mean, that that one makes sense too. But I think the other thing to Bacon starting, obviously, is they don't want to put Kemba and Monk back there to start the game. It's just too small of a backcourt, I think. I think you'll see that some. We saw that a little against Miami. Uh, sorry, we saw that against Dallas uh, when they went with a smaller backcourt. Um, but that's the uh, that's the more athletic lineup that I would go with. What about you, dudes? Um, yeah, I mean, I like I'm always a fan of Frank in the starting lineup because I just think he performs a lot better there uh, rather than off the bench. He he's kind of a you got to get him up to speed. He's not a come off the bench and and he's not a microwave. You know, you got to. He's always been a starter, so I, I think he's more effective in that role. But then again, you know, long term, that's not where he's going to be this season, more than likely. So, uh, yeah, I don't know if, if it matters. It, but well, I, I think and, Lamb, and the issue in this game with with starting Kaminsky, I think, and why ultimately I think it will be Bacon and Lamb getting getting the start is because uh, the Detroit has decided to go small. Right, they're yeah. they're starting Tobias Harris at power forward. They'll most likely go with Stanley Johnson at three. And that's going to be yep. a really tough defensive assignment for Frank Kaminsky in this first game. So I really, I think that they end up going small too and matching up Bacon and letting Marvin play that four. Marvin can can uh, more than handle uh, Tobias Harris. Uh, so, but that double uh, M fifteen has it dead on. The shooting guard matchup is going to be key. Avery Bradley comes mm-hmm. into this uh, averaging nineteen points in the preseason. He's played really well, uh, David, and he's their big. He's their big acquisition. Part of a part of an acquisition of three-point shooting talent that the Detroit Pistons right. need. They shot like, I think, 30, 33% from beyond 33%. the arc, worse, worse than the Hornets last season, and the Hornets didn't shoot well from three either. Yeah, 28th in the league last year, Doug. So they really made a point of addressing that, added a couple guys, Langston Galloway, Bradley, you mentioned, Anthony Tolliver, uh, former Bobcat, and, and, of course, Luke Kennard in the draft there to try and address some of that three-point shooting. And, and you mentioned Harris as well. I mean, he was a killer against the Hornets last year, going for 22 and six as the Pistons went three and one against the Hornets last year. So, yeah, I think for that reason, you mentioned, Doug, that smaller athletic lineup for Detroit, you'll probably see Bacon. This is weird, though, because last year, the reason they were so effective against us was because of their size. Remember, they were mm-hmm. they were one of the teams that absolutely destroyed us. That was Boban Marv- Marjanovic's Marjanovic, yeah. whole career in, in one game. I mean, that... Yeah. That was so brutal against us. So it's interesting to see that they've kind of switched. Avery Bradley, though, also a Hornets killer traditionally. So Yeah, they, they were a team that was built on size, phys- physicality, low turnover. They were a team that's built a lot like the Hornets yes. are built. And, and that makes <laughs> sense, right? Because Stan Van Gundy coaching that team, it has a lot to do with mm-hmm. the personnel decisions. And uh, Steve Clifford comes from the the Van Gundy tree, coached under or was an assistant coach in Orlando with Stan Van. So that makes some sense. But yeah, my key to this game is don't let the Pistons use their new toys from outside. 
So, you know, Bradley, Langston Galloway, Tolliver, Kennard, you mentioned them, David. Like, stay aware. Find Bradley in transition. Don't let him kill you there. Close out hard to shooters. That was something I saw a little wrinkle in preseason, too. They they had a little difficulty finding shooters in transition. And I think that's another reason why they may opt to go bacon lamb and not Kaminsky to start the game because you don't want to let Detroit get easy baskets. You don't want to give them extra possession. So it's going to be key for Dwight Howard to keep Andre Drummond off the offensive boards. And speaking of Andre Drummond, I don't know if you guys heard this, but he can shoot free throws. Now this is like a new thing. 80%. Yeah. 80% in the preseason went 16 of 20 from the line. Uh, I, I saw Dwight Howard working on his free throws in practice too. Look pretty good, yeah. but they say it's a mental thing. Yeah. It's, it's like you you can shoot them all day long in practice, and then you get out in the game and, and you can't make it happen. But for Andre Drummond's part, he's been working on it every day apparently in this off season, and and it's a big thing for him. And it would be a big thing for the Pistons' offense if he shot fifty percent. If he got it to one of two from the line every time. That would go a long way in helping this Pistons offense be a lot more efficient. So watch out for that. Andre Drummond, apparently. He wants to be an yeah. all-star. He's doing everything he can. To, it's like he he basically looked at his entire game and said, okay, I want to be an all-star. How do I make that happen? And, and that's and, what he's doing. And then he traded Shoot, everybody great. to the West. And then <laughs> he orchestrated Gordon Hayward's demise. And oh, then geez. he decided to work on free throws last. If he can't make an all-star team this year when he's actively trying, I mean, the free throws aren't, necessarily the only thing holding him back. He's been there before. Um, he's a big dude. The game's changed a lot. Our big guys don't play like that anymore. And the thing to me that he would need to work on the most is the thing that Dwight thought he needed to work on the most is the outside shot. Now, Drummond's still young enough maybe to to get there, but like some dudes just aren't built for that type of game. So they can both rebound the the heck out of the ball and Heckin'. it'll be a good matchup, you know, for those guys to go at each other. But I don't know, long term, that is an albatross. One of my one of my best friends is a huge piston fan and uh man, he just does not like that team. It's they're stuck with that guy, you know. So Well and the other thing with Drummond, I think, that separates him or separates Dwight from him is uh Dwight plays defense, you know, yes. to a much higher level than than Andre Drummond does. So I don't know if that's a focus on his game. Not many people focus on defense to get them to the all-star game, but that certainly would be a way I think that uh Van Gundy, I'm sure, would see value in adding him um, or he would add to the Pistons. So that's uh, something else to look at. Yeah. A bit of a rock fight this year with last year with these two teams guys. Oh, it's been like 10 years and Van Gundy, I would say a lot of people are saying that he's, he's probably candidate number one on that hot seat with that dual role. He's kind of like the last yeah. of that failed experiment, the GM coach thing that we've seen nobody succeed with really uh, in the last five years, you know, doc got stripped of that recently and I would not be surprised if Van Gundy was on the way out well he put that core together and that core has not translated into playoff success and you've got Reggie Jackson and a will he won't he you know take the next step because that was that was really the linchpin for that core is is could Reggie Jackson become an all-star and last season it uh, it did not happen and injuries had a lot to do with that but now that he's healthy there's still a uh, a discussion about whether or not to start is Smith. And that's, that's troubling. That's if you're a Detroit fan, if there's already discussion about whether or not to start Reggie Jackson. And I want to point to Stanley Johnson as well is, you know, yep. there's a good chance that he gets to start at three. Isn't it interesting that, so two years ago, 
you had three teams, the Pistons, the Hornets, the Heat. They all yes. were sitting at the bottom of the lottery. Johnson, Kaminsky, Winslow were the picks. Mm-hmm. Now, all three teams are all coming off a bottom of the lottery season again, <laughs> and all three players are facing huge question marks, mm-hmm. each standing at a unique crossroad of their respective careers. Yeah. Remember all I, the Boston picks that were offered, what, supposedly. I mean, Godfather. Whatever. Yeah, like, God. I, I was a big Stanley Johnson fan, and it hasn't. The big Stan right. Stan? Yeah, and it hasn't worked. You know, it hasn't. None of those picks materialized immediately. Doug, yeah, I, I wrote that down as well. And I mean, with Stanley Johnson and Winslow, they're both trying to figure out if they can shoot, like if they can be <laughs> offensive players. And that's what we said at the time, you know, not to pat ourselves on the back too much here, uh, because Frank's still trying to figure things out as well. But like adding either one of those guys to an MJ, MKG lineup obviously gives you some more Would issues. Would have been very difficult. Mm-hmm. Exactly. But 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 you really like the athleticism of these two guys. But, I mean, especially Johnson. I mean, Winslow was hurt last year. They're really trying to figure out what they have in Johnson because, what was it, like four four and two last year or something like that? Like four points, two rebounds? Four not, three. Yeah. So, I mean, well, not great. I can never let that draft, whenever it comes up, you can't forget the fact that literally every – draft preview had us taking Devin Booker, the shooter that we needed so desperately. That would have been, that would have been cool. That would have been kind of dope, but you know what? He's very, he's a very Malik Monkish type guy and I'm happy with who we got now. So there you go. Uh, quick second to tell you about something we started here on Locked on Hornets. It's called a Patreon, patreon.com forward slash LOH. Check it out. Uh, you can subscribe and get access uh, to content that no one else is getting. Uh, and uh, some post-game shows, some live post-game shows, uh, plus double entries into our ticket giveaways, patreon.com forward slash LOH. All right, so that's it. Preview for Detroit. Cover starts at 6.30. Tip is set for around 7 o'clock p.m. Uh, in Detroit. Enjoy the game, folks. Enjoy the regular season starting. We're going to be back tomorrow with a with a post-game report from this game Follow us on Twitter at Locked on Hornets. When we find out about this starting lineup, you're going to find out. We'll figure out who's going to start. Uh, will MKG be, be available? Looks like probably no, but uh, we'll give you the update when we have it. Shoot us your Hornets questions and thoughts to buzzbuzz at LockedOnHornets.com. For David and Steve, I'm Doug. Go Hornets. Go America. Let's swarm Charlotte. Charlotte.